Hi, and welcome to uh, the Technical Foul podcast, uh, where some tech geeks talk about the NBA. I'm Ben Thompson, the author of Stratechery. And I'm Anton Reese, blogger, developer, and turns out, finals predictor. You are. You are. I, <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to be gracious and, and hype you up and praise you for nailing it, but you had to jump in and praise yourself first. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't stop. We haven't recorded uh, in a little while. Been, that. You've been saving that for a week. Yes, yes. <laughs> I had to. Yes, had to. for the record, I picked the Warriors in five. Manton picked the the Cavs in seven, and he was spot on. And uh, uh, applause. That's, that's all I can offer. <laughs> Thank you. I'm as surprised as anyone. Hey, own it, own it. No, this is your chance to own it. Yeah. I mean, no, 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 no backtracking, no soft talking. It. You're the man. You called it. Yeah. So I mean, I already said last time we recorded that I didn't see coming back down three to one that's still kind of a shock but if you look at the whole series yeah it it played out similar to what i guess i thought would happen and i'm also happy that when we recorded before game seven i thought the game i thought i said cows by five they won by four so hey pretty pretty close that's right that's right <laughs> wow I, I, I forgot about that part yeah so it's been a while um sorry we stood on a bit i think we've both been been uh pretty busy and i'm actually going back to the states next week so we would like to do one more after free agency but we'll see how it goes this is number 10 a nice round number so 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 we shall see but um but yeah i mean credit to you and and you know i i i, I still stand by i think the warriors win in five if if green doesn't get suspended mm-hmm. but at the end of the day like that's dream on green right he he the reason he was drafted in the second round is because he's like this undersized player and he succeeds not just because he's a great athlete and, and super smart and all sort of stuff, but he plays on the edge and you play on the edge. You sometimes go over and it's unfortunate it happened when it did, but it's not like it's a shock. Like if you told someone before the season started that Draymond Green gets get suspended right. for, for accumulating too many flagrant falls, would you be surprised? No, you wouldn't. It's just, yeah. I mean, it just happened at the wrong time. And we talked about this a couple of times. Uh, the points were racking up and this, there was a risk that this was going to happen and it happened. And, you know, game five, yeah, we were there. It was it was great. If he was in the game, it's hard to predict. Game six, seven, anything still could have happened with these. And there were several times, even in game seven, where the Warriors were going a little bit of run or things. You, it seemed like things were about to turn and they were getting stops and making their shots. And this was a very close game. It could have gone either way. It was, and there was a, a, one specific moment, I remember, in the fourth quarter where the Warriors, uh, Curry and Thompson hit two threes in a row. And it's like, oh, here they go. Yeah, like, exactly. It felt like that was going to be it. And, you know, they, they didn't. In the, I mean, this not they didn't score for the last, what, four and a half minutes. And yeah. and as much as you want to talk about Curry being hurt, and, I, and I, I think he was, the fact of the matter is with about three minutes left in the game, he had a wide open three and he missed it. Yeah. And he threw a behind the back pass out of bounds. And he yeah. took two terrible threes when the when the basket was wide open in the last minute and a half of a game. And, you know, I actually think Curry gets a bad rap for last year. People think he had a bad finals when actually he exceeded his averages uh, for uh, both scoring and assists. He exceeded his season averages in the finals last year. Like he had that one really bad gaming game too. But in general, he was actually better than people remember. But I mean, he was not good in this series. And frankly, Part of being a superstar is is you're going to get the sort of criticism when you when you don't come through, and if anything, he's gotten less than he probably deserves. Yeah, and I think if again, if you look at those last few minutes, as you said, they couldn't score. They did get some stops, and they had some good looks. 
the shots didn't go in. But if you look at like the superstars, like the big three on each team, Green was great. Clay and Curry, were not. they just didn't. It didn't. They didn't make shots in the in the last few minutes. But if you look at Cleveland, everybody did what they need to do in the last minute of the game. Kevin Love, great defense on Curry. LeBron Incredible James, defense, yeah. you know, coming back to get that block on Iguodala. Obviously, Kyrie Irving hitting that three. And I mean, it, it, every three of their players did what they needed to do in the last uh, minute, literally minute of the game. And the Warriors didn't, that didn't happen. No, they really did. And I mean, I mean, Ky- Kyrie Irving, man, I mean, no, I, no one's been harder on the guy that I have. And, you know, like I, I think I said this last podcast, like it's unfortunate it took until the finals for him to try on defense, but I mean, credit where credit is due. I mean, the guy, the guy was incredible. He made incredible shots. That game five was awesome. Yep. Game seven. I mean, he, he was great. And, you know, and you know what? Like this could be a transformational series for him. Hmm. Like you can see him coming back and really dedicating himself to being at least an average defender. Combine that with his shot taking skills and being willing to share the ball. I mean, I think there's an aspect where Cleveland was his team, and well, he kind of intellectually knew that LeBron coming to Cleveland was good. Like, there's, pro- I get the sense there was a part of him that's like, this used to be my team and it's not anymore, but but. You know, now he's tasted it, right? And I think mm-hmm. he, I, I saw an interview with him afterwards where he was kind of talking about that, like how, like he he didn't appreciate the magnitude of winning an NBA championship, and now he does. And 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 I mean, this I really think would be a turning point for him in his career, and and it's exciting, I because I mean, no no question, he is an unbelievable offensive player, and he came up huge in the last few games. And I have to, among the many things I got wrong, um, was 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 him, and credit to him for that. Yeah, I like too that again. It's it wasn't just LeBron. I mean, he came through. Love too. I mean, didn't score a bunch in the last few games, but I remember watching Game Seven even early on. You know, he was like blocking Azili. He was stealing balls. Um, so I like that they won with everybody playing well, and it wasn't just like one guy. I mean, LeBron obviously MVP, but like everybody kind of came through in their own way in the last couple games. They did. And the thing to remember with Love is those really bad games he had, roughly he came back from a concussion. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he might not have been right, you know, True, I mean, because yeah. he, he started out the series decently that he was really bad in the middle, but then he, he certainly closed out strong. Um, and, and yeah, the defense on the last possession, I mean, all, all credit to him. Um, but, but yeah, I think this is the time where we can now spend the next uh, five to 10 minutes praising LeBron. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was... It was awesome. I like there, like the way with basketball and only being 10 players on the floor and the way in which one player can exert his will on the game is, is maybe the one exception is quarterback in football, right? Cause mm-hmm. they, have, they, they, they handle the ball so much or, or maybe a pitcher in, in, in a game that's just dominating. But I mean, the way that LeBron played that game on both ends and, 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 you know, everyone's talking about, you know, as a singer play the block, which I completely agree. I mean, it was, it was incredible. I actually timed it. He, so he, he was sprinting up the side. He cut up from, he was right. He was near the sideline. He went straight down the floor towards Curry. Cause in case Curry pulled up for a three, then at the free throw line extended, he turned about a 45 degree angle. And then I think, Thompson was there. I'm not sure it was. There's a warrior there that he kind of went around Mm -hmm. and then he exploded to the rim and blocked a good all shot. And it took him like 2.1 seconds, (laughs) which translates to like a 12 second, like, like hundred meter dash, which is only two seconds slower than like 
you know, the, the world record. And he was changing directions and, and avoiding people in the meantime. I mean, it was yeah. unbelievable. It was it's awesome. incredible. And I mean, you have to watch it kind of in slow motion to appreciate it, that how clean the block was too, and that it wasn't oh, gold the timing tending. was unbelievable. I it, know it was really, and especially if you contrast like, uh, I don't know, a few minutes earlier, or a little bit earlier, LeBron was blocked by Iguodala, and on the replay, it was a foul, and they didn't call it, and which is fine. I mean, it's easy to miss that stuff, but right. comparing it to LeBron's block, chasing down the ball and blocking completely clean, there's no question, um, and then almost, I forget who get the re- got the rebound now, but almost either on the next position or the one after, almost getting a dunk to just finish oh, the game yeah. off. That was something else too. What I, what was great about the, sorry, I can't, I got to stick on the block a little longer. What, what was, what was great about <laughs> it is it, it captured everything about LeBron. That is great. His unbelievable athleticism, his ability to read a play, his otherworldly timing and, and like body control. And like, that's, I, I don't like at the risk of being hyperbolic, I, I I don't know who else in like the history of the NBA can make that block. I mean, like Wilt Chamberlain, he was apparently just an unbelievable freak, which I I obviously never got to see him play. But I mean, it, it was it was it was awesome. And and just and the other thing too is it wasn't just that block, LeBron. And I think I said we said that talked about this at the beginning of of the series. Like for Cleveland to win, they needed LeBron to protect the rim because they had no there was no one else to do that. They needed to play LeBron at the four, and he needed to protect the rim. And he was incredible at the rim the entire series. And 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 and. Being effective at the rim isn't just blocking shots. It's what is important about rim protection is getting in people's heads so they don't even take the shots to be blocked. And there's no – he was deep inside multiple Warriors' heads. Yeah. Well, he had a block on Curry that it was exactly like that. Yeah. Just kind of staring Curry down at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. He he had three blocks in the game. And again, this close game, those blocks, that's the difference in the game right there. That one block, I mean, it's you don't want to pin everything on one play. But if that block didn't happen, or if he had fouled on it, the Warriors are up two. And then maybe Kyrie makes the three, maybe he doesn't. The whole game is different. Yeah. No, it, 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 it was awesome. And, and winning it on the road and winning it for Cleveland. And, and I'm not going to commit to this. And I was hesitant, particularly in the day, like day or two after the game, because it was still fresh and it's easy to give in to hyperbole. But even now, a week, week and a half later, like I, I'm not ready to say this. But I'm prepared to have the conversation about LeBron being the greatest player of all time. Wow! I, I, I mean, yes, he he doesn't have the six titles, and he probably never will. Granted, on the flip side, I think the NBA in the '90s was a weaker league than it is now, and one that was more uh, favored a dominant, you know, the sort of player that that, that Jordan was. But it, it, the expansion just happened. There was more. There was no foreign players. It was just it was a different league than it was now, uh, and and the run that he's had and. Like if he had beaten Dallas, I think his case would be stronger. That's the real big blemish on his record. But in many respects, coming into this and defeating a 73-win team on the road and just being by far the dominant player in this series, leading the series in points, rebounds, assists, blocks, and steals for both teams. I mean, I'm giggling. It's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. he's at least it's worthy of conversation. And and that and I'll, I'm not going to commit to it, but I'll yeah. at least at least. I'll at least talk about it. Well, uh, first of all, I should, I keep talking so many great things about LeBron. I should say I was rooting for Dallas in that series. <laughs> so yeah, well, everyone was, cause right. Cause they were the villains that, you right. But and I Dirk will winning say, like, and all that. Yeah. With the six championships. I mean, so this is his seventh trip to the finals. Is that right? Um, uh, yes. So and- 
I think there's something to making it to the finals so many times. He could easily be whatever, like eight, nine, I mean, 10 trips to the finals. And we don't know, maybe this is it, but you could see him having a couple more uh, chances at this. And I think there's especially something- Especially if Kyrie, especially if Kyrie like right, really- Right, exactly. If, if, as you said, this is a turning point for him and it's only gonna get better, um, they still look really great. Uh, so there's something to that. Like, even if you don't win, being consistently great and consistently making it. Um, and I think, I think everybody rewards and appreciates teams that are like that. You know, teams that make it to the playoffs and are contenders every single year, even if they don't make it to the Western finals or the Eastern finals or to the actual finals. Um, if you're in the running for it and you, and you have, you know, Hall of Fame players who are like that, they didn't win, but they were always right there. And I yep. think that's respected. And so I don't think he needs six to be talked about in the, in the same conversation as, yep. as uh, Jordan. No, he doesn't. So, so, um, so cool. The Warriors. It, and it's funny. I, I have to say, I mean, I was, I, I, we, I can't remember if we talked about this. Sorry. It's been a while. I, and I've talked about this game in series to a lot of people. because It was so <laughs> compelling. Uh, but I went into the series, uh, you know, I'm we're both disinterested observers. You're a Spurs fan, I'm a Bucks fan. And but I kind of wanted the Warriors to win just because I like I love watching history, right? Did mm-hmm. I did I say this? I might have said this. But like a center through win team winning. But by by that last game, I mean I was cheering for LeBron. I mean, I have to say, I mean, just just the Warriors were <laughs> Like Curry's like losing his temper in game six, even when he was the one committing dumb fouls and, you know, the whole throwing of the mouthpiece, which I thought was hilarious, but also like, it's like, okay, enough guys. Like, and Mm -hmm. besides LeBron's being awesome. Like let's, let's let's have him win. (laughs) Yeah. Well, also, I mean, as amazing as this, the season was for the Warriors, uh, they just weren't great in the playoffs. And actually, as I was looking at some of this, I noticed stats kind of, uh, bear that out in terms of like three point percentage in the finals. Number one team, San Antonio. Second team, Cleveland. Warriors third. I mean, if you go down the stats in the playoffs, like Curry and Clay, they're not even in the top five uh, in terms of average points. And, you know, they had an amazing season, but in the playoffs, if you look at the teams, I mean, I think Cleveland deserved to be right there. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I mean, and at the end of the day, it's results, it's, it's results that matter. I, I do think the, it's interesting. So do you think the Warriors need to make changes? I mean, their, their, their owner was, you know, stormed out of the arena saying, we're going to be very aggressive. And now they're, you know, all the Durant stuff's being talked about. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think that they need changes or, or, or is it just a matter of if Curry's healthy, um, then maybe it doesn't even matter. Yeah. I'm, I certainly usually lean toward no, no major changes if, if I mean, they had a record season. And literally, they were one missed shot or like one shot that doesn't get blocked away from winning the finals. I mean, they were as close as you can possibly get. Um, yeah, I mean, you could, you could pick apart lots of different plays in the last three or four minutes where they didn't make a shot, and some of them were very close. Uh, there, was a, there was one three that Curry took with like a minute left that didn't even hit the rim, and that... Uh, that was bad, but a lot of them almost went in, and uh, and so w- why make a change if you are literally just one missed shot away from winning everything? I, I mean, maybe a couple things, but I I don't see them needing to make a major change if they can get Duran. I mean, sure, but that just seems like a you know as we've talked before, it seems unlikely. 
but yeah. Well, we'll get to we'll, we'll get to OKC in a second. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do think you know, in some respects, it makes it more more plausible for Durant to go because they lost. Yeah, because I agree with that. Instead of him joining a winner, like he'll be the one to put them over the top. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. If they had won, I think there's zero chance. Um, yeah. The the one thing I am worried about, and it's surprising that no one talks about this, is uh, if. If they sign Harrison Barnes to a max or to something slightly less than a max, but more than you could get with another team, you will have Harrison Barnes and Draymond Green drafted in the same class, and Harrison Barnes will be higher paid. Hmm. I well, everybody's higher paid than Curry, right? So I well, know. I know, but 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 like there's like that that is what it is, right? Yeah. But Green signed a year early, took less for the team, and. And he's a much better player, much more important than Barnes. And I get the impression he's the sort of person that's going to care more about that. Right. Like he holds a grudge against being drafted late, right? He does. He does. And and Barnes is super valuable, particularly on defense, I think, because he can guard multiple positions and he, he helps them make that switch and go. And I actually thought as bad as he was shooting and he was awful in the last couple of games, he rebounded quite well. But I would be concerned about about a chemistry issue if you sign him for big money more mm. than more than clay more than Dray- draymond yeah. and, and i don't know I'd, I'd just be worried about that i i mean i could see that maybe and that would be you don't want that right i mean because they play together really well i mean just talking about the whole team in general and the chemistry it seems like they've had something really great the last couple of years it would be really bad if anything kind of poisoned that it would. And a couple more things on the Warriors where they might need to make changes too. I mean, the one thing with the NBA is it, it it's a seesaw league, right? Something will become dominant and then they figure out a way to stop it, right? It goes back and forth between offense and defense and D'Antoni comes with the system and, and Thibodeau comes with a way to counter it. And like, there's just an ongoing sort of thing. And there, what clearly ended up working against the Warriors, not many teams can pull it off, but some can, is one, you have to switch everything. So you take away that that devastating pick and roll with with Curry and, and Green, where Green gets the ball top of the key, it's four on three, which, which Cleveland did. But two, you have to have someone who can guard Green and when they switch on the pick and roll can smother Curry. And and in against Oklahoma City, Durant did that. And against uh, Cleveland, LeBron did that. And, and Curry... And again, maybe it's because he's injured, but he really struggled in both series by having lengthy guys like that on him after switches. And and if I'm Golden State, I would, yes, they won 73 games. Yes, they won the championship last year, and they very well could have won this year. But I think you have to be concerned about if you stay the same too long, the league catches up to you. And, mm-hmm. and I, it's concerning that Cleveland and OKC ultimately – beat them in similar ways, at least on the defensive end. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. And I do think there was something uh, to the the league kind of figuring the team out a little bit as the season went on. It became harder and harder for the Warriors to to, to win in the way they had at the beginning of the season. Uh, we talked a, bit, a little bit about that. So yeah, may, maybe. Uh, I, I don't think I would change anything in a big way, but maybe. Yeah, no, I, I probably wouldn't either, but it's 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 definitely something to think about. The other thing that I love that Cleveland did, and I think has to be a concern for Golden State, is Cleveland was relentless in targeting Curry on defense. And I think like I think Curry is a better defender than than his reputation generally suggests. But at the end of the day, he's a six three, relatively slight guy that they would whoever was on Curry was put in a pick and roll. And Curry would, and so they'd switch on. So Curry ended up covering the ball. 
deal with Kyrie, they deal with LeBron, whoever the play was for. And that's why, like, that's why Curry got in foul trouble. Mm -hmm. And that's why, and they were punishing him. And it's probably why he got tired, frankly, and was missing shots because he was getting worn out. And they went after him play after play after play after play after play in a way that teams don't in the regular season when they're tired and just flying around. They just run their stuff every night. Mm -hmm. But in the playoffs, when you can be super focused and go after them, I I think that's another thing for for Golden State that they're going to have to they're going to have to put their heads together and, and think through. Interesting. Yeah. And there's, you certainly saw that with that huge Kyrie shot, you know, they, yep. they switched. So Curry was on him and yeah, maybe Curry was just, just a split second, you know, too slow, too tired after playing, playing so much and the injury and, I mean, they they did it on purpose, and it worked out. They did. So uh, I did want to talk about the OKC thing. I know free agents coming up, but OKC uh, on draft night traded Serge Ibaka for uh, Victor Oladipo, the eleventh pick, which was uh, Sabonis, uh, um, and they got one other thing. I can't remember what it was. Uh, it was another oh, Orlando player. Silva. Yeah, Ursano Silva, okay. uh, former Buck. I should know him. So I this trade is complicated. Um, on on one hand. If you're talking about asset management, it was a brilliant trade by OKC. They traded a guy who is unhappy, who is going to get paid huge next year, probably not by OKC, for a younger player who's going to be a restricted free agent, so they have control over them, plus a oh, the 11th draft pick, plus another guy that will be useful for them in the rotation. For, so from that perspective, it's a brilliant trade. I hate it. I, I hate it. I hate the trade. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Well, to me, it goes, I want to hear why you hate it, but to me, it it's summed up in what you said about Ibaka not being happy. If he wasn't going to be with the team in another year, or maybe even worse, or even before you get to another year, he would distract or detract from like what they're able to do next year. Why not just go for it now? Totally, totally valid. But here's the thing. Winning a title in the NBA is really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And you get very, very few opportunities to do it. And you could argue that OKC was the best team this year. And if Clay Thompson doesn't lose his mind in game six, they, they win the title. I think, right. they, I think they beat Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I don't think they will be as good next year. Uh, really? you know, Oladipo is Oladipo is decent, but he's not a knock the knockdown shooter that they need. He's gonna replace Waiters. He'll probably be better than Waiters, but but the way they beat Golden State was with Abaka at the five, Durant at the four, and switching everything. And that defense was awesome, and it was intimidating. And that and I love Stephen Adams, and Stephen Adams was awesome against the Spurs. But the Spurs are a different kind of team than the Warriors. They're they're a team that has post players, plays inside out, at least this version of it. And the Warriors spread you out, and and Abak and Adams is le- is less useful there. And and Abak like I just I hate the idea of making your team when you're so close of stepping back even a little bit hmm. when this might be the last best chance you ever have to win a title. And I would rather go for winning a title when you're so close one more time and let the future fall where it may than to manage my assets so that I'm the second or third best team forever. Interesting. I, I can see that. I can also see though, I mean, you have to not overthink Durant too much, like second guessing what he's going to do. But I could also see like they're taking a risk. They're trying something new while Durant potentially is still here for another year, assuming he does what we kind of think he's going to do. Um, and if it works out, then you show Durant, uh, this is looking good. Like we've got 
a lineup here that's working and it's going to improve next year, you should stick around. Whereas if they keep everything the same and they're out in the Western Finals again, I think Durant, I mean, I, I don't know. I think if nothing changes significantly, I think eventually he moves on. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, a risk, but I feel like there is upside there. Like there's potential. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. And, and, and maybe it will work out. And, and I mean, they needed more wings. Like we were going on about this for, for, for ages. They need yep. more wings. And they, and, the, and they got Oladipo who it's not more wings because they're probably going to lose waiters and free agency now. That's fine. He can go somewhere else and elbow people when he's <laughs> uh, trying to get the ball in bounce. Yeah. Still bitter about that. <laughs> yes, there it is. Uh, you, you get to both you get to both uh, flaunt your call and be bitter about the Spurs. It's been a successful <laughs> podcast for you. Uh, Oladipo is a big upgrade there. No question. So uh, it might work out. It might. I, I don't like it, but I can okay. see it. I can understand it. And yeah, I mean, it, you know, Durant's taking all these taking all these calls. You think you think but you think he's back? I think he's back. I, I haven't really changed my opinion about it. I think, and I, I think you were the first one that I heard suggested, and I kind of agreed right away, which is, yeah, you, you go, you go another year with the option, you know, two year contract or whatever, the option to get out after a year. I, I still feel like that makes sense. You're so close. There are very few teams that you can go to and be this close in the running. I mean, I do think that in the West next year, the number one, two, three seeds, I think it's up for grabs a little bit. I'm not yeah. convinced that Warriors are going to be. No, um, they get, they got to have a come down season, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so in, in that case, everything, all bets are kind of off in that you don't even know what the matchup is going to be. I mean, you mentioned um, things working really well against the Warriors versus the Spurs. You don't even know who you're going to see in the second round, um, potentially. So you, you can't overthink that. Um yeah, it's fair, and, and, and I think I agree. OKC, will give, other than the Warriors, OKC will be the best shot. But I mean, do you really want to go to the Warriors and win there? Like, how much more meaningful would it be to 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 win with yeah. your team? Right. Uh, as much as I hate, and OKC. the Spurs are the same way. I mean, if you go to the Spurs, I mean, which is it seems like Warriors and Spurs, and there's a couple other teams, but uh, I don't see anyone in the West having a chance except those two teams. And I think they're both the same way. It's like you kind of had to settle by going to a better team to win. And right. I, I mean, that's not really fair, but people will say that. Yeah. The only team I would go to if I were Durant would be Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I mean, there's the East angle where you're coming from the East. And I do think for the Cavs, I like, I, I in retrospect, I, I think part of the reason they struggled in, in the first two games is they were just unprepared for the level of competition. Like they, they were, they just weren't at, at that speed. Right. Right. And, yeah. And it took them a couple of games to adjust. So there's that angle, but the Cavs overcame it. So it can be overcome and it would absolutely be his team. It's a city that would, you know, glorify him. And, you know, he would be a, a you know, go down, a, you know, is another Boston sports hero as much as that makes everyone, me and everyone else listening to this want to puke. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, they have so many, they could get him with all these assets they have, right. They can, they can, they have so many trades they could do if, if need be. They have a great coach. That's the one place I would consider just because that that sets you up for the rest of your career yep. in in a really uh, positive way. And this is probably the the summer to go. I think Boston will private space next year as well. So I guess you could wait a year and then go there. But that's, I, I, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not an NBA player, but I just can't imagine wanting to go to a team, someone else's team. And, and, and 
where it's not clear you're the guy. I mean, yep. LeBron went to Miami, so I guess that kind of, but it became very clear LeBron was still the guy in Miami. Like, he was the best player. And you go to Golden State, and, I mean, Curry didn't didn't cover himself the glory of this playoffs, but still, I mean, he's the two-time MVP. Yeah, I agree. I, I would see Boston or a couple other teams in the East more likely than the Warriors or the Spurs or anybody in the West except OKC. Um, I still think he stays another year, but yeah, I could completely see Boston or something else in the East. Cool. Well, uh, I'm going to the States on Monday for the summer, so uh, it's going to be harder to record, but uh, we should try to do one more, maybe like a week or two after, after free agency goes down. No promises. We are number <laughs> 10, which is a nice round number. Uh, but we, we will see. Anyhow, it, it has been super fun doing this with you, Manton. Uh, Manton. Manton. <laughs> I, okay. I, I don't know where that came from. Yeah, uh, that's common. Well, before, before I let you go, though, we got briefly on the draft. I mean, you've talked every once in a while. You say, well, the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee. Do you have any opinion on your favorite team? They pick 10th. <laughs> Yeah, uh, or Maker. anything um, about next season, like uh, so the, about the about those things. Very controversial, in part because no one projected that high, and there's also a question about how old he is. Like, there's this Reddit thread alleging he's 23 and all this. Oh, I missed that. Huh. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's a little worrisome. And the other thing that's worrisome is he's represented by the same agency that represents Jason Kidd, and also oh. represented the draft pick they did last year, who was a bust. And like, there's concerns about like them exerting too much influence on the process. Uh, all that said, I don't hate it. Okay. And the reason I don't hate it is after it's from what I understand, I don't, I don't follow the draft that closely, but from what I understand, there was kind of eight. Well, everyone agreed the top eight, mm-hmm. but after that, between like nine and like 35, like it was like, whatever, it was like a crap shoot. Yeah. So if you're choosing 10, presumably they tried to trade down, but no one would want to trade down because like it doesn't really, all the players are kind of the same. And so you pick the player you like uh, and go for it. And, it, and I, I'm fine with that. I'm also fine with going for the home run. Like someone that might not work out, but if they work out, will be amazing. And we have this mm-hmm. this center prospect who can shoot from outside, who can who can handle the ball, like the most valuable player in the game right now. Right is is the shot blocking, three point shooting sort of guy. And maybe there's a ten percent chance he works out, but if that ten percent comes through, like that's the difference between this Bucks team being a second round playoff team and being a you know a potential you know at least dark horse contender in, in three or four years. So I actually like the pick. I like the risk. I like going, especially in a bad draft, going higher risk. I, I think is a great move. The last bad draft quote unquote was 2013 when they took Giannis 15. Uh, I think Giannis was probably a better prospect than this guy, but it was the same idea. Like if you're picking 15 in a bad draft, go for the home run. Don't, don't go for the guy who might be a nice bench player for you. (laughs) So I don't, I don't mind it. Okay. It's uh, funny to watch the draft because there's so many of these players I don't know. Um, and to be honest, I just look at like one or two teams. Like, what's my team doing? And uh, the most telling thing with like the Spurs is like R.C. Buford when he comes out. He just seems giddy and like extremely happy that they were able to get someone 29th that everyone thought, you know, 20th. Or, but like you said, it's all kind of a wash in there. But it wouldn't be surprised if he went, you know. Uh, you know, 10 or 15 spots earlier. Yeah, isn't it every year the Spurs draft? It's like, oh, there the Spurs go again. How'd they do it? It's pretty funny. Yeah, that seems like a common theme. They're like, ah, they uh, they won the draft somehow at the 20th. I, I, I will tell you, no, I love the Spurs pick. Uh, and because, I mean, Tony Parker, bless his soul, he's been amazing. But, I mean, he's clearly on the downside of, of his career. 
And to have someone that could potentially step in, he has a bad shot, but the Spurs have the best shot doctor. Chip, what's the name? Chip Ellen. I don't remember his name, but yes, I agree. Yeah, you know, who's, I mean, who took Kawhi from being a non-shooter to being like a 48% three-point shooter or whatever it is. And in fact, that's kind of what Pop um, told DeJounte Murray, who they picked, uh, said, you know, we're going to do what we did with Kawhi to you. Like, be patient. We are going to turn you into a great player in the organization. And I I love hearing that also because to me that translates to – He's going to play a bunch of minutes in Austin at the Austin Spurs in the D League. Oh, nice. Um, I mean, they didn't say that, but I'm sure that will happen. I mean, the last few years they have done that. When someone was on the bench, instead of sitting them on the bench, they send them up to Austin and they get real playing time and they come back and they are a significantly better player. Um, so I'm sure we'll have a good chance to see him. And, uh, and yeah, I, I like this a lot. I'm actually really excited about this. And 29th, hey, Tony Parker, 28th pick. So, yeah, there you go. I know. I, I thought it was actually one of my favorite picks in the draft. So I, I think I think you guys you guys did well. So, uh, yeah. So we're ending on an optimistic note. I'm probably more optimistic for you than I am for me. <laughs> Anything can happen. It's a new season. <laughs> it can. Well, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thank you for doing this, and thank you to our our listeners. And we will be back at some point in the future. No no promises for sure, but uh, we appreciate your listening. And hey, it's 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 been fun. And sorry, one more time. You picked the Cavs in seven. You're the man. (laughs) Thanks. I got a little lucky, but it was fun. Own it. All right. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. It's it's been really great talking to you. And uh, talk to you next time. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.